0: You're listening to the Trinity Ministries Podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. Father, thank you for this time of worship. And now, uh, as we settle in and we look into your word and we think about uh, how much you love us and how much that love applies to what we go through every day, I would ask that your Holy Spirit would just would open up something new for us today. Maybe a, a part of the verses that we're going to read. Maybe that's something that, that you'd never thought about, that we'd never thought about before, or maybe an application that uh, really is just hitting home for us right now. Um, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would you would do your work in us today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, have you ever? Do you do you know any uh, what I call warm blanket? people you know what a warm blanket person is you don't know do you know what a warm blanket is oh yeah yeah come january we all know what that is in fact when i was a kid uh we lived in north dakota i would take blankets and towels and i would put them in the dryer without my mom knowing and a full blast and just crank them until they got nice and hot and i would literally sit in the laundry room downstairs in our basement and i would take them and i would just yeah Warm blanket. Is there any other better feeling? Nobody take a picture because I feel really stupid right now. No, there, there isn't. Oh, there's something about pulling a warm blanket out of, the, out of the, the, the dryer and it wraps around you and you feel awesome. And so there are certain people that you may know in your life that are like that. You just, when you're, when you're in, you go to coffee with them or when you're talking with them or you see them at church and you just sort of enter into their, their bubble and you just like, huh? ha. And maybe it's just who they are. Maybe it's just a a calmness about them. Maybe it's the words that they use to you. And you always feel much better walking away from them than when you first entered into the conversation. I know several people like that. Uh, One person that um, I've known for many, many years, uh, Reverend Dean Schussler and his wife, Julie. Um, Dean and I served at Woodbury Lutheran 20 years ago. And he is that warm blanket person, bar none, that I can think of. Um, This last Thursday, uh, Pastor Dean um, had a stroke, and on the way to the hospital, his brain basically bled out. So by the time they got to the hospital, he was completely unconscious and passed away an hour later. Much to the surprise of The Christian world, I I put a little thing on my Facebook, and all of the comments about Pastor Dean um, are huge. Um, and, And all of them are about him being, in essence, that warm blanket kind of person where he was kind and caring. He looked you in the eye, and he prayed for you all the time, and he would talk words of grace and beauty. And for me, when I think of of Pastor Dean, I think that's, I wish I could be like that all the time. Sometimes I have my sparks of brilliance, of calmness, but I'm not like that all the time. I wish when I spoke in conversation that the reaction that I have with Pastor Dean is the reaction other people would have with me of them walking away and going, oh, I just, there's something just warm blankety about that conversation. But oftentimes, and if you're like me, you realize that there are times when you're not like that. You're not like a Pastor Dean. You're not warm and, quote, fuzzy, if you will. And you say things off the cuff, and you, and you kind of spout off something to, to your, your spouse or your kids. Maybe this morning on the way to church, you just ran off on something and killed the moment, if you will. I remember uh, we're in a small group, and... Um, uh, we have a, a diverse small group in many ways, um, uh, relationally, uh, politically, even especially. And I remember one time I was in a conversation with some of the guys in our small group, and we were talking about some social issues. We were talking about economic uh, uh, policies and, and government. Don't you want to be in our small group? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and I think the topic was global warming, and we had different opinions on global warming. And, and, and I, we were just... I couldn't convince them that I was right. Um, so uh, we started talking about it, and I just, I spouted off, and I said, you're just blinded by your emotion. And here I am being emotional. You're just blinded by your emotion. To which one of the guys just turned around and walked off, just completely deserted me because of this, this spark of what I said. You've, you've been there, right? At school, maybe, students? You've said something to a classmate or maybe a good friend, and all of a sudden there's this this argument that's happening, and and they just walk off. Or maybe you're in a relationship right now, or you've had a relationship where you just, you're saying things or they're saying things, and you just want to turn around and leave. And maybe it's in the heat of the moment. Maybe you're trying to put your intellect over the emotional needs of the person in your household, and you can tell when you've, quote, offended them and they mentally have deserted you because their face scrunches up or they get quiet or the opposite, they lash out. Sometimes they just walk off of the conversation. Well, the good news is, uh, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, we're going to see this very th- same thing, this exact same thing happen in Jesus' life because Jesus has, have a, has experienced or experienced, as we see, uh, a departure or a uh, desertion um, in what he is saying. So, if you've been the last couple of weeks, we've been walking through John six. So, you can take out your Bibles or go on the app. By the way, here's a picture of the the new Bible app that we have. Um, if you have the Bible app, right down here is a Bible. You can just go to the Bible app and click on Bible, and it'll pull up all kinds of different uh, versions for you. And you can follow along there. Um, if you don't have that app and you want to know how, um, I it. It, it, it's either in the bulletin or on the website, you can, you can uh, check that out and download all that. But we're going to be in John 6 and um, starting at verse 51. If you remember the story, for those of you in the, the last episodes leading up to today, uh, Jesus fed the 5,000 and the disciple he dismissed the disciples to go across the lake in a boat. He dismissed the people because it was the end of the day and he goes up into the mountains to pray. So as Jesus is sitting up in the mountains, all of a sudden this massive storm comes onto the lake, and every, all the people hide out in, in shelters, the disciples are caught out there, Jesus goes running out there, well, walking out there, he goes, he goes out there and uh, cal- basically calms their hearts, calms the sea, and they sail off to the other side of the lake. Meanwhile, back on the island, no, meanwhile on the other side of the, the lake, The people were looking for Jesus. He's a celebrity at this point. Where did Jesus go? They wake up in the morning, he's not there. They find him on the other side of the lake with the other disciples and Jesus is entering into a conversation with them. Uh, And if you remember from last week, the conversation isn't going all that great. He's starting to say things that the disciples are like, oh no, shh, don't say that. Just don't, that's too confusing and, and too weird. And so he gets to this, this, this conversation last week that we talked about, about bread. Remember, bread, and the Jewish saying of, of bread was, a day without bread is a day without life. Bread in the culture was so, so important. It was the staple food, and even today, many times, is the staple food for uh, everything that, that, that happens in, in the food, you know, uh, in what you eat and your meals, so Jesus is having this conversation and he comes to, if you're following verse 51, John 6:51, and he says this kind of crazy thing. He says this, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Now this is, we kind of in English, we kind of read over this living, oh, okay, living bread, whatever. If you think about bread, bread that we have today usually has what in it that makes it rise? Right, good for you, biology 101. Okay, so we have yeast, and yeast is an alive bacteria, okay? Most of the people back then, for their everyday bread, it it was not leavened. It didn't have yeast in it. It was more like the wafer that you received where it was just, it it had not risen. Just because of economy, it was uh, expensive to make leavened bread uh, with the yeast. Uh, And so when Jesus says, I am the living bread, they took notice saying, wait a second, That's bread reserved for royalty. I don't deserve that kind of bread. What is he saying? So he's saying, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. And then then the disciples are like, please don't say anything. Just close your mouth. Just do this. Do this. But then Jesus opens his mouth and continues and says this Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Don't you, don't you have like this creepy vampire-like music going on behind this, you know? It's kind of weird. I mean, picture yourself. If you don't know the rest of the story, if you didn't really know who Jesus was and you heard a, a teacher say, you need to eat my finger. You, you, you know, you need to eat. How bizarre. We're all kind of laughing and shaking our heads, but it was so bizarre back then for the people who had been following him. And again, this is one of the reasons why people who weren't Christian looked at this Christian group and called them cannibals because they thought that Jesus was teaching that, that you're supposed to eat each other. And, and you know, that, that, that's not what Jesus is meaning here. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread which I offer so the world may live is my flesh. And the people, obviously, began arguing with each other about what, he, what does he mean? You know, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? It's kind of a disgusting Bible verse, I think. So Jesus knew this argument was going on. He says this. So, I tell, so again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, now he adds that part into it. Really, Jesus? You cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person up on the last day day. Jesus continues, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. Take this in. This is nuts. Doesn't that now, as we're kind of reading it and slowing down to read it, doesn't it sound really, really weird? Anybody with me on this? Even just reading it now, I'm going, God, this is like weird. What is he talking about? But he's not done. He continues, I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Okay, this is where, this is where the, the people who were, had some sort of understanding of the history of the Israelites would go, oh, now I get it. Now I know what he's saying. Because to their background, the true bread that came down from heaven was manna. You remember that? Israelites were, were, were going out into the, in the wilderness. They were complaining. They didn't have any food. God sent manna down, which is kind of a flaky white uh, type of bread back then. Um, and so they were, the, the people of Israel had, had many mantras talking about, because of the manna, we have lived. Because of the manna, we have sustained. Because of the manna, we will survive. So when Jesus saying, I am the bread that came down from heaven, he's connecting to the Moses story. The people are going, I got it. You're not talking about like your flesh. You're, not talk- you're talking, you're putting yourself as the saving thing that has come down from heaven to us so that we could live, and not just day to day, but that we could live forever. Little Sandlot uh Thing there. But I am the bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who, and then Jesus actually points it out. He says, anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but they will live forever. Now, even though I just kind of explained it and that now, especially 2,000 years later, we kind of understand this and, and get really what he's talking about, many of the disciples, which weren't just the twelve, There was a group of, you know, the the main core was 120 and then there was outliers on the outside. But many of the disciples said, this is just very hard to understand. Can anyone accept it? Can can you accept it? That Jesus came, the the core message of this passage and, and basically the Bible, Jesus came down from heaven so that you and I can live eternally. He came down. He was the one who saved us in our starvation because of, of sin. He is the one that God sent as his son to die on a cross and rise again so that you and I can have eternal life. So jump to verse 66 if you're following along. It says this, At this point, many of his disciples turned away and did what? Dessert, not, des, not, des, not eating dessert, but they deserted him. And Jesus, and I think Jesus was kind of hurt by that. I think he saw this the crowd dispersing and people going, ah, you're crazy and walking away. I think he just was hurt. And he turns to his, his 12, he turns to his disciples and said, are you guys also going to leave? And, G, and, and Peter, of the disciples, who is known for being crass and throwing out phrases and saying things off the cuff, says to me personally, one of the most powerful statements that has sustained me and my family, has sustained me personally in in many hardships for many, many years. Um, Peter replies this, verse 68. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? If we leave you, Jesus, you know, we've been with you about three years now. Actually, at yeah, this time it's about two. But if, if we leave you now, we've never heard teaching like this. We've never been accepted by a, quote, rabbi like this. Where, where else are we going to go? Who has the who has great words in the teaching that you have? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. We know you're the Holy One of God. We know you are that manna that's been sent down from God to save the world. Now, I don't know where you are religiously. Um, I don't, you know, I, you may be just visiting and you're here because your mom, you're in town. Your mom said, we're going to church. Get up. We're going um, I don't know if you're listening online and, and you just kind of stumbled on. I don't know where you are. But forget all the religiosity of church. Forget that we do worship bands and forget all the rules and forget all of the, that stuff. The key point, the key thing about your life is that God loves you and that He has sent this Jesus for you there is no one else no name under heaven by which you're saved amen right and so all the extra stuff that we do the programs that we have the ministries we have that's all great to help us kind of grow and move forward together and and connect and serve together but when it comes down to it when you are being rejected by your friends when you're being deserted by your husband or by your wife or when you're being uh Uh, discriminated against in the workplace because of whatever reason, Jesus says, all of that is secondary to my relationship with you, That, that in all of our struggles, in all of our pain, Jesus is the one who is that warm blanket of grace for you. And here's the other thing. Jesus never promises to fix your problem. There's nowhere in Scripture that says, if you come to me, I'm going to make your boss give you that raise. If you come to me, I'm going to make sure every relationship you've ever had in your whole life is going to be perfect. If you come to me, I'm going to make sure that your financials financials are going to be always perfect, that your health is going to come back. If you come to me, I'm going to fix all your problems. Jesus never says that. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, I be, as you are experiencing difficulties and struggle in life, I will grant you peace in those struggles. And yes, maybe I'll fix them sometimes, but you won't know about that. But the thing I promise is peace in those struggles. And just as he walked out on the water, remember last week and two weeks ago, and he he was going to walk by the boat and he's just basically saying, choose me, here I am, I'm an ever-present help in time of trouble. That's what Jesus says to you today. And what's really cool about this story, at least for me, is we have a God who has experienced what you and I experience. We have a God who's experienced people deserting him. And ultimately, when he was on the cross of when he was on his cross, when Jesus was on the cross, what happened? God deserted him in that moment, and cast all of your sin on him. There's no one else to turn to for ultimate peace, for healing, for restoration, um, but Jesus. He walks us through those things. Nothing soothes gives um, comfort, maybe direction than Jesus of Nazareth who died on the cross for you and rose again. And so, again, I don't know where you are in your relationships. I don't know where your finances are. I don't know where you are at work. I don't know where you are in terms of moving to another state or, or dropping your kids off at college for the first time. That's a big one this week for many people. I don't know what it is that's going on, but remember the words that Peter said. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And to that we cling to and that we know is true. Because in God's mercy, he saved you by sending Jesus the manna of heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to pray.